This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho. If you're a city employee and you get hurt, you have the option to request Sports and Ortho when you're being assigned some physical therapy, right? Yeah, absolutely. We can always choose us. We're on the city plan, so if you want to come to us, we are happy to see you. Yeah, you're, you're not locked into whoever they send you to. You can always make a request to go to a better facility if you'd like, and Sports and Ortho is a good alternative. We think so. All right, Sammy, here we are. Welcome to Chicago's Bravest Stories. Cheers. Thank you Cheers. for having me on. Thank you, Sammy. Appreciate it. Oh, what do you got? You, what do you need? Some ice? Well, the bartender didn't fucking. You know what? The bartender. Listen, tell me all the things that you did today when you, when you came in here for this podcast. Complain. Tell me all. <laughs> I came in and I complained. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. I yelled at you. Enough said. Yeah. Enough said. I did a little workout over <laughs> at uh, CrossFit Harwood Heights. Yeah, that you shameless plug put together. Shameless plug. And I am in pain <laughs> right now. So there you go. Uh, Sammy, let's. Uh, we got your name through the AFFI, and name the, names. Vi- the vice president, Luke. You want to have this guy on, and. Luke is one of these guys, if he says, you got to have this guy on, we don't, that's the end of the discussion. You know, if Luke says, have him on, we're like, get us, get us his number. Yeah. So Steve reached out to you, and, and here you are, you're gracious enough, gracious enough to come on in. So thank you for being here. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself here, Sammy. Um, well, one, I just want to say thank you to Luke for even thinking of me that way, um, Luke's one of those guys, like you said. Well, he thinks in you of you in other ways. Too, oh, I, that that I appreciate too. More, um, probably more, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me on. A little bit about myself. Um, been in the fire service about twenty-two years now. Um, worked for the city of Calumet City. Twenty-something years. Yeah. Uh, all in the same department? No, no, no. I started off as a volunteer. Um, Two thousand one, and. Uh, Moved on to the private EMS side while, while I grinded it out, trying to find a full-time job. And in 05, I became a full-time Calumet City firefighter. And in between there, I did a bunch of cool stuff. Um, you went to the service before all of this no, happened? Oh. No, I, uh, I, had a, I had a bug up my ass since I was a kid to join the military. I come from uh, military background with my two older brothers and an uncle. And uh, I didn't. At 18, my brothers, they were living at home. They're like, don't do it. You know, we came out. We're struggling. You know, we're trying to figure it all out, you know. And so I didn't. And after 9-11, um, ended up becoming a fireman. That's a whole thing in itself. But I uh, ended up joining in 2010, and I went to basic at 30. So um, you were considerably older than everybody. <laughs> considerably yeah. older, right? Yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was an interesting uh, growing growing point in my life, uh, going to 
basic training with a bunch of 17 year olds. Yeah. Everybody's 17, 18 years old, right? Yeah. And, and they're showing up at 30. Been on the job already. You know, uh, that would have been five years on the job full time and, you know, about eight years in the fire service. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. Okay. Bunch well, of little kids. Run us through that, like your, your military career real quick. Sure. Um, so while on the job in Cal city, um, a good friend of mine, uh, he was easily one of the better captains I ever got uh, worked for. We were having a conversation about, um, a gentleman who got killed, um, a friend of mine who got killed in a helicopter crash and we started a poker run, which we ended up deciding is a really fucking bad idea because <laughs> it sounds uh, great on paper, right? Yeah, right. It sounds great on paper, but, but go drink in and hop on a motorcycle and go ride around the city. Terrible, terrible <laughs> idea. Terrible. And, um, for, so for a number of years, uh, we did that. And on the second year that we did it, we did it for Corporal Joe Hernandez. And, um, he was from the area I was from, um, a little bit younger than me. Army guy, army guy. Okay. Yeah. He was killed in Afghanistan and, um, number of my friends had joined early on and uh you know it, it still just itched at me to do it and i met a sergeant major who is now a deputy chief on uh, a city just south of me who's he's pretty badass dude um he uh he was riding in it he rode motorcycles and he thought yeah hey man you know we're talking and i was like hey man you're a ranger man you're a paratrooper you know like he deployed three times since 2001 um, and he was a full-time fireman, you know, and like it hit me. I was like, holy shit, is that something I can do? And, um, how salty was that guy? A Sergeant Major, right? Oh, Harley, just a couple deployments. Like, Steve's got this like thousand yard stare <laughs> thing, like legit. Like he's the stereotypical Sergeant Major, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He, he was legit too. Like he did ranger school at 17 and, uh, yeah, he, he easily is, uh, one of the more dialed in firemen and, you know, especially on the reserve side. Um, as a NCO, he, he's what you expect, you know, just that person, you know, all those, there's so many schools. It's like the fire service where you can go to specialty schools in the army, uh, and on the army reserve side, uh, with, with, uh, uh, infantry MOS, you can pretty much do any, anything that you want. And he recruited me into his unit, which was, uh, uh, Charlie company Two, of the one five two, which is uh, long range surveillance. It, it's history comes from, they're called the Indiana Rangers. These dudes were volunteers in the 60s they volunteered to go to vietnam the oh. only and i i, I want to make sure i got my history right with them they were the only national guard unit to deploy to vietnam vietnam and they're i think they're either one of the most or the most highly decorated so long-range surveillance um they're they're basically small units that drop in a tutu like you're you know, behind enemy lines, they do surveillance, they, you know, they get numbers, they'll fight if they have to fight, and they boogie out in small groups, and, um, they're like the, the SOG guys. They're, yeah, they're yeah. early on, early on, you know, you had Green Berets, you know, and, and they're really, their thing is teaching, you know, they do a lot of, you know, um, high-speed stuff, and the original guys, Lerps, um, that was their thing, they, they, they actually went in with the, like, modified, uh, camo, they wore the tiger stripe stuff, yeah, um, and these Lerp, Lerp is long range patrol, long range patrol. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, these cats, they went to Fort Benning, this unit there at the time, they're, uh, one of the one five one Delta and, um, they all went to Ranger school. And then these are like Southern Indiana cats, you know, like they're just, <laughs> they're all in. Yeah. And, and so anyway, uh, this unit storied, you know, just, you know, keeps going on into the eighties and nineties and, 
you know, catches up to Steve. And by the time he catches me around 2009, you know, I was 29. Uh, I wanted to still serve. I still felt like I was serving, but there was that little part of it, you know, like you just, especially we were just what, six years into the war on terror, which is like, I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to jump in, uh, at least do some sort of, some sort of part and, um, got involved with that. Um, and I, I had a brief part of it. I ended up getting injured in 2014. So I ended up for about half of my, uh, reserve career. I ended up just, you know, getting put on the back burner. Where'd you go to basic then? Fort Benning, Fort okay. Benning, Georgia, and followed up with airborne school right after. Um, which is, I, I don't even know if I can explain this story because it's a it's a good story. Uh, to did put you it out there, did but. you want to go in as eleven Bravo? Yeah, that's what that's the the MOS that you wanted from the start. You yeah, didn't want I, anything else? Nothing. You else. wanted to be an infantryman, right? Because okay. I I, I figured and and it, this isn't anything on support guys because you you know like you but the active duty guys it's a, it's it's the same world as like volunteer versus full time firefighter, right? Right. Like, and then it gets even worse if you are a um, uh, 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 support MOS, which I think is bullshit too. You know, I don't, I don't really buy in and all that. But, um, and my ego was like, well, I'm not going to do it for anything else. I wanna, I wanna be a paratrooper, and if I have the chance, I wanna be a part of an infantry unit. You know, and, you know, and actually looking up to the sergeant major quite a bit about that because. I wanted a thousand yard stare, with, <laughs> but, but you know, like the the price you pay for that, I don't. I definitely wasn't mature enough to realize what what comes with that, you know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, Fort Benning, um, met uh, easily the coolest fucking guy, and I I I, I can't uh, for honest to God, Opsack. Um, I'll show you a picture of this dude because he's legit, but he has the worst name in the United States Army. And I'll, I'll just say that it it rhymes with something. Well, does he have a nickname? No, no. He's that badass that well, he, yeah, so, wouldn't even give him a nickname. So, well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you got a second? I mean, yeah, do we got a second? We, right? got, we got all night, man. Right, hold on here. Hold, catch my dehydration. So, check this out. Uh, so, did you mix the liquid IV with the. That's, no, that's but I was how we should have rolled. That's yeah. how we should have rolled. I still actually got a little bit of watermelon. Yeah. We'll see if we go there. Yeah, um, we'll try to get them as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so, so check this out. 2009, um, I ended up meeting Sergeant Major, and he, you know, he hooks me up with a group and ship out to Benning. And it, it was like it hit me in Atlanta. Like, so joining the reserves is is very similar to the active duty side, where you go to maps, you do all this, you know, in processing stuff, but then. You know, you go back home, you know, and you I spent four months just doing drill at a, a guard armory in Gary. And, you know, at 30 years old with a bunch of 17 year olds at a kind of like a, a small point where you're not really doing anything, you know, you're, you're going to excel because these these guys are still just shy of, you know, eating their boogers. <laughs> and it, and so but by the time and I felt confident as shit, I was like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill it. I'm going to be so good at this, you know. And uh, I leave, and I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and we land, and there's just this calm silence and sadness. I'm like, like this whole group, and I don't. I think it's like, honestly, because it's a bunch of kids that miss their parents or yeah. miss like their lives are fucking changing, right? And my life was changing because I realized the guys that shift right now, they were, you know, probably 
you know, feet up watching <laughs> something funny, you know, doing something cool, right. you know? And here I was, you know, looking at all these kids and like realizing like, man, you know, like, holy shit, this is about to get real. And this bus ride that gets into Fort Benning, it's dark, man. It's just these wooded tree line and all this shit. And anyway, I met this dude with a bad name. Good, great man. But anyway, he, he's older too. Basically, um, he had, he had uh, God came and told him, drop your full-time job. He was 27 and become a, become a ranger. You know? That's what God told him? Yeah. All right. No, I'm, all I, right. All right. He's a high elder <laughs> in the Mormon church. Oh, this dude is legit, right? Like he's, his faith is like, yeah, I got told I'm going to do this. So, uh, anyway, if there's God, any God, Mormons he, out there. listening. He, hey, you know what? And, hey. and, like I'm a equal opportunity, whatever you want to believe or don't, you know, but he, he, I, he, this dude was legit. That's all I can say was cause he was the only other old guy in this reception battalion reception is the grossest thing in the world. So when you get to, you guys are in the military. No. So when you get, when you get to no, her pig pussies, I know it's all right. No, it's, <laughs> hey, we all are actually. So, so we, you, they send you to this reception bay and it's everybody from all over the country and they're passing their uh, germs. And so within the first three weeks, everyone gets sick. I mean, dude, there's boogers everywhere. And uh, I can remember just, you know, the drill sergeants that are there, they're on their way out. So these are the saltiest, angriest dudes in the world. Like, they want nothing to do with dumb privates anymore, right? And uh, this, this, my homeboy, my, I'm going to call him my battle. He, he was just dialed in. Like, we weren't dealing with anybody's shit. We were working out. We were, like, taking our bunks, you know, when we could. And we're, like, lifting them. <laughs> we're, like, doing sit-ups and stuff, you know. Like, we felt good. Anyway, we end up, uh, they call it going downrange, but it's not the same. Downrange is, you know, going overseas, but... Um, anyway, we pair up and there's 60 kids and, and everyone has these stupid basic stories, but mine, I, I'm going to say it's unique. I'm a snowflake. I really am because the cat that I was with, he can verify this. I feel like calling him right now, but (laughs) we had an attrition. We have that capability. I I think we should, we'll, we'll see if he can answer where he is, but so, so there's like 60 kids. I'm Vega. And so I'm four, four, nine, like just, I remember all my numbers, you know, so I'm four, four, nine in this group of 60 and you have this rectangle style bay and, uh, I can still see him, you know, my battle, he's across the bay from me and you have what's called a kill zone. And I'll, I'll, I'll send you some of these pictures are hilarious, but, um, I would just like lock eyes with him, you know, and we're, we're getting, you know, smoked in our, in our first part and we really, you know, haven't gotten our full deal of our drill sergeants but our drill sergeant was a green beret you know and he was he was insane like <laughs> legit like uh, like i've never met a, a, i really thought i've met sociopaths like on calls like a medic or something right. this dude was legit it like he would say <laughs> stuff like hey private i'm going to retire from the united states army and i'm gonna shoot americans in the face with the chinese because they're gonna pay me to do it and like what the fuck do you say to that? <laughs> you know, like he was like, I'm going to the highest bidder. I'll work for Russia. So this dude, this, this drill sergeant, senior drill sergeant, he, he picked up on, uh, my battle on, and I right away. And he just started berating us and hammering us all the time. So you guys developed a bromance. The total across this bay. Like, <laughs> and like when things would get rough, like we would just look at each other anyway. 
That's how I look at Vince. Yeah, every day. At CrossFit Harwood Heights. <laughs> <laughs> I lock eyes with him. Well, well yeah. So, like, legit, right? Like, I'm telling you, like, even on that slow state, when you're suffering with somebody and you're just like, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, you need I, company. Yeah. yeah. yeah Misery loves company. There's something special about, you know, being in the suck with somebody. Yeah. So, just uh, to wrap up this story about this cat, just, you know, so going through it, like, I, I just. They broke me, dude. Like, <laughs> I lasted two weeks of being a hard charger. Um, and I can remember the day that it stopped because I had this young man. Uh, because everyone knew I was a medic. And I used to get called medic geek, right, by the by the drill sergeants. They call you that in the military, uh, too? Oh, yo, so, because, like, they ask you, like, what you're here for. We're like, what do you, uh, like, I was, you know, me, me and my homie, we were the old men. Um, you know, like, hey, old man, what are you doing here? You know, this, this one cat, he had a real thick... Uh, Ecuadorian accent or Peruvian or something like that. He's like, Bega, what are you doing here? And I'm, like, I am, I'm here to serve my country. You're very old. What's wrong with you? It's <laughs> like, uh, what do you do for a living? What do you, what do you, you, you couldn't, you know, find a good job? It's like, no, I'm a full-time fireman. He's like, what? <laughs> it is like, kind of, I'm like, I'm a full-time uh, fireman sergeant, you know? And uh, I was like, that's a pretty good job, huh? <laughs> you, you, so you going back to that? How much you make? I'm like, oh, $70,000. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? You know? Anyway. Anyway. Um, me well, and what were you? You were getting paid like $20,000, Oh, like, yeah. To so, be in the military. Like, yeah. Like, being I, a private going through basic. You're making about 25000 Yeah. Right? So, and which was cool on the city. And I'll, I'll always remember that, that uh, they did a, they did a solid, they, you know, a lot of places will, they screw over their guys that are in reserves, right? And I think the city of Chicago does a good job of this as well, but um, they compensated the other half. So whatever I earned from the Army, Cal City picked up the other half, which was cool. So To, to keep you at your current salary right. at, at Cal City. Right, and they would have did that if I deployed, which is a big deal, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. You know, so uh, I thought that was, that was something, but, you know, still, like, yeah, you're making way less than minimum wage, yeah. you know? Um, but, but when you're 18 and you don't have any bills, you don't yeah. have, you, you get your food, you get your housing, you get your clothing, you know, it, yeah. it, and for your some workout, of these kids, you get your workouts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some of these kids though, that's, that's a lot of money to a 30 year old guy leaving oh, yeah. a, a full-time fire department. You're taking a little bit of a pay cut. I, I seriously think some of the worst human beings got to, got to work or, or work as car dealers car salesmen in like around military bases because all they do is just sell Mustangs and Camaros and like the <laughs> hottest cars, $54,000, you know, souped up GT Mustang for like a 19 year old kid, you know, like he's going to wreck it. He's yeah. going to be married to, you know, some yeah. local townie. But, um, but yeah, it, it was, it was something, it was something to suffer with this dude. And like he wrap up this story about this dude, like he ended up taking my spot, and then I got I got got broke by this kid who was like, he was like, "Hey man, I, I heard you're a doctor." I'm like, "No, I'm, what?" You know, it's like four thirty in the morning. We just had you know, we just got woke up. We're about to PT, and you got to clean everything up real quick. And uh, I'm like, "I'm not a doctor." I'm like, w what do you want? And he's like, "I, I got to show you something. I th I think I got to go to sick call." I'm like, "Go to sick call." So sick call is just in the morning. You check in. Drill sergeant, you know, my, my, my teeth are falling out or something, whatever. So uh, he's like, pulls down his pants and he shows me his ass. Hell yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Stop. Just stop. Just get away from me. You know, like all this thought that I had I was going to be a good leader and like, you know, get that out of this. And like, I'm going to help 17-year-old kids 
because I'm a 29 year old fireman. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, it all fell apart. But this this dude, this dude, um, my my battle. He he showed me that. Like he ends up um, just railing this group around this like sadistical drill sergeant. This dude who just he would like. F- like force feed him like like he tied this dude with 550 cord this my, my battle buddy tied him to the slowest member for a 12 mile ruck march with 550 and he's call his dude booger or something like that and he, he had to pull him up you know uh, on the on the roads that you'd ruck on and, and fort benning you know sand hill is very hilly uh it's brutal so anyway this, this what i mean to get by this was i think i learned the most from this cat how to suffer like a gentleman and he ended up becoming, you know, a quiet professional. He ended up, uh, you know, getting out of basic and uh, goes into the queue, uh, becomes a special forces, goes to ranger school, uh, did all of, you know, like the high the halo jump and all this stuff. And he, he ends up going overseas a number of times. And it's just uh, that's, you know, like what I thought I was going to earn for myself, um, I didn't. I, I ended up just watching people, and I think that was like that was the biggest thing that I got from it. The guys that I knew uh, from basic that ended up shipping overseas, and a couple of my friends who were killed. Um, you know, that's that's like the humbling thing about that. Like, and, and I'll say, you know, like we we're like, oh, you know, we're all pussies, or like, oh, I should have served, I should have did this, but you know, it, it, it's like fighting fires or being a cop or anything in, in that realm. Like, there's this small cast of. Uh, like warrior culture stuff um, that we're a part of, you know, like we'll make fun of ourselves, but uh, very, you know, minute part of the population gives a damn enough to put their bodies in the way of, you know, danger, you know, for a living. And it's not like the thank you for my service type thing. It's, it's legit. Like it's very rare that you walk away from the military, the police or the fire service, not busted up. You know, and knowing some of these kids now that running, you know, I'll talk to them now that they're 30 now, you know, and they're like, you know, old man, I don't know how you did it. I'm like, I don't know how I did it either. (laughs) You know, But I always think back on this, this dude, like he, he got me through, like he was legit. He had a nickname. So this drill sergeant called him Gandalf because on Sundays he would go bring people in on the Mormon faith. And some, you know, some bird, you know, Colonel found out he would do that and I would battle up with him. And I just remember like walking, you know, you, you can't leave anywhere without, you know, your battle buddy. And uh, this drill sergeant pulls up and he's like, hey, Gandalf, are you wearing your special tunics? You know, like, cause I guess they were like special underwear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's like, no, drill sergeant, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's just real quiet, you know, professional dude. But anyway. Yeah, that was that. And then after after basic, uh, you went to the unit, and these dudes were great. Just high speed. A couple, actually a couple of, uh, a couple of them are indie firemen. Uh, just dialed in. They jump all the time. I was a shitty paratrooper. Like, I, they, I, I realized I, I thought I liked truck work when I was like 28, 29. I was like, oh, I don't fucking care. It's a ladder, you know. There's a whole different game, you know, jumping at 1,200 feet. You know, and like these dudes, the way they go at it, like they're they're fiends for it. They're like the way you look at um, firemen wanting to do a search, you know, like or pull a hose line. Like these guys are like, I I want to you know go full combat, full battle rattle. I want to jump out of the plane, and then they're gonna go work some shitty job for you know 28 days, and then go back for two days or three days and go do some hard you know hardcore high speed stuff. So um, again, you know, like I. I go in between this about 
talking about volunteers or part-time guys, like, you know, I get, I get some of the things, um, you, know, you see it everywhere, but I, I know definitely a lot of, you know, active duty and full-time firemen aren't worth shit. And I would take any of those guys, you know, that I've, I've, I've had the privilege to work with, uh, just on that heart level, you know? So yeah, it's a little drawn out. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's what you're here for, man. Yeah, right. We're here for, to hear that story. So you're you're coming to the defense of the volunteers who we we've talked to Ron about this yeah. um, on the last podcast because he came from the, the very similar background. Yeah, he was a volunteer, and I asked him about do does the volunteer service earn the rap that it gets by like career guys and you and i let I me mean, look at the shirts that you and i are wearing yeah, right, right oh, now yeah. yeah and i'm the only one not wearing one <laughs> no it's, it's, that's right he walks up he's like hey nice shirt <laughs> but you know with with that it's very much tongue-in-cheek and the guys that, that that they're making fun of are kind of asking for it yeah <laughs> but that but yeah. I, don't, I don't think um it's a real jab at the service in you know on a whole yeah but um, and you're kind of telling us how it is because I have no frame of reference when it comes to volunteers. Right. I just don't. So, but I could see it's like if somebody was to say, would you rather have a really solid dialed in EMT as a partner or a half ass paramedic right. as a partner if you're taking an EMS run? That's an easy decision. Oh, yeah. That's an easy decision. And I imagine the same would be this would still apply to would you rather have a volunteer who's wholehearted into it who's does who's been drilling every day he goes in the firehouse right is eager to work either eager to learn or do you want the career guy that gets to the firehouse grabs the remote sits down in front of the tv and rides out his 24 hours yeah that's that you nail it that's um it's it's frustrating, and I, and I'll just talk about the shirt too because I th I think Clem, I think he's CIA. <laughs> I think I think he's something that like we don't have, we have no idea about. Uh, like he has some training at Quantico or something because because even him like he's ate up for the job you know and, oh. I, and and it's funny because I think I'm off social media I'm I don't wear tinfoil in my hat but I'm really close you know like <laughs> I, I but like with that that his site you know the stuff that I've seen um, and and like in general um, people become savage in a group. And I think he almost outs those guys more. <laughs> the guys that are just savage on like, oh, I'm a fucking badass because I, you know, did this and that or I work here or there. And, I, and I'll tell you, I don't really, I don't, there's like maybe three people in this world that I look at as badasses. And after meeting them, uh, they're, they're badasses and they're men. They're just men and they're gentlemen. And they're usually the nicest guys you've exactly. ever met, right? Yeah, exactly. They're gentlemen. Yeah. You know, like they're not responding to shit online and they're not. Um, do anything other than bringing people up and you've you know? never heard them refer to themselves right. as a badass exactly ever exactly yeah 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 and that that always like um you get the pleasure you know you know and, and I'm, I'm sure we all have that common experience in the firehouse is like you, you get to work with those guys that will never do something like this you know or had the opportunity to do something like this you know it's just out of their generation they wouldn't even you know right would even go for it but those kind of cats, like you, you look at them and you're like, you know, damn, you know, like that's the fireman I want to be like. And when I think about that and I think like the online spectrum, like 
just commenting and letting it out just to let it out i think that sucks yeah. you know well if you don't look at that especially his site in particular if you don't look at that as just entertainment right and not like a forum to bash right because if, if you just look at it as what it is entertainment it's fucking funny as it's shit. awesome <laughs> i yeah yeah i i i love it you know um on the other hand too though i you know i, I have a friend um that i actually made over the year and uh their life was severely affected by it. And I think it was affected by what, you know, that subversive cointel-op psychological warfare that Clem is waging because the people that were on there really were just, you know, in, a, in, the, in the herd mentality where they could have made a good choice to be just funny, but they chose to be jagoffs. Yeah. And... uh I, I think it's good. I think to that degree, because it also shows you how people really are. Cause you really don't know. Like I, I could, I could bullshit you on so many things, you know, um, and just say it, but you know, coming on a show, there's going to be plenty of people who are like, Oh fuck it. I'm going to listen to what Sam has to lie about, you know? So I, <laughs> I better come correct, you know? Right. And, uh, on the internet for some reason, like people think that they're on this little box and no one's going to find out who the hell it works. I got it. I got a great story about that. <laughs> so, cat on my job, I get a call from Ron, and uh, he's like, "Hey, you know who's uh, you know so and so?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's on my job. He's a, he's a he's a he's a good man." He was looking for a reference. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, because you know, good guy is the worst. But right. I was like, he's a good man. He's a good man. What's up? You know? And he's like, well, he's he's, he's bashing Champ on uh, online. You know, Mike Champo. And I'm like, and that's what? Ron's guy. Yeah, and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you know what, Champ is like being a gentleman. So I go and he sends me a screenshot of the, of the thread. And it's like Champ has his training minutes on um, cleaning out a window. Like a gentleman, dude. Like he's just, you know, doing the Champ thing. Like, oh, you know, when you go through the window, you can take the sash out. Da, da, da. It's good. It's fine. Like it's after the fire's over. Well, my pal, he was drinking and thought it'd be a good idea to start commenting on Facebook. And he's like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Just <laughs> knock out the window, you know. And there goes how it is. You know, you're on this little thread and someone's reading this and Champ happens to have a friend in, you know, a city that's two two cities away from him. And he's like, you know, who the hell is this guy? So I'm like, hey, bro, are you busting Champ's balls on Facebook? He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. I, you know, pal called me up and he says you're, you're busting Champ's balls. And, oh, fuck, you know, I was drinking last night. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I got video. So I met Champ last year, you know, was luck of the draw you know get to start meeting all these cats and i made this video and he this this dude when he ends up getting promoted a few years later he was on a couple fires and they weren't his fault but we everyone says he he caused these uh rekindles there's no rekindles in the fire service right <laughs> it's so uh champs like hey bro don't start any more rekindles okay bro <laughs> he just bounced out but uh, but again like he, the, the internet's funny because a guy like champ he didn't give a shit. It was way off his radar. And there, there are, I was like mentioning my, my friend who had her life like upended over this um, for a little while. Um, it, it, it can really affect you, you know, depending where you are in your life. So anyway, that's kind of a rant on that. But, you know, I, I stay off the Internet for that reason. You know, like uh, some, something about like I'll go on a I'll talk with folks or I'll be very open about like my, my past or my history. But for some reason, putting it in that forum it just 
it just it seems kind of ate up and it could be so good it could be done well i just don't think like mentally human beings are are capable of figuring out like hey man just don't be a jack off you know like be a gentleman be be nice sometimes right. not just the bruni brunacini thing i guess but yeah. well we'll leave uh we'll leave clem alone for a little while yeah. <laughs> but uh where did you what got you going down the path of getting into the fire service what what sparked you did you have family on the job what got you in there 9-11 that, um, that made you want to become a fireman yeah yeah i was so i was talking you know we we're talking about um the location here and i grew up uh, like a skate punk um like tumultuous childhood you know uh, parents split up early and uh, you, you grew know. up here, here in Chicago? No, grew up in Calumet City. So okay. it's so my earliest memory. So we we had social mobility, and I don't know what you would call like you know backward social mobility. But <laughs> went from Harvey. Um, uh, my parents came up here from Texas in the seventies and in the eighties. Uh, landed in Harvey and went from like like my my dad his one of his first places was in South Holland, uh, when that was mostly farms, and he him and my mom legit lived in a chicken coop. And, you know, his first place, you know, was an apartment. And then he moves up and, you know, gets a bigger place and gets a bigger place and bigger place. Finally, we, we got mobile enough to move to Lansing, which is a, it was a nicer community um, uh, just uh, east. And uh, they end up splitting up. So kind of th- that's where everything retracts, you know, like yeah. single income parents and go from Hammond to Calumet City and Lansing and all this other stuff. Anyway, um, I had like no direction, like. Uh, I can tell you some of like my first exposures to firefighters was in Calumet city. So my mom was able to buy her first house there on the East side of town. And that's closer to state and state, which was known for a lot of vice and griff back in the day. And um, it was arson strip. It was uh, mafia controlled in the forties, fifties, and then it ended up burning down in the sixties and seventies and just laid to waste in the eighties. But um, like growing up on that side, um, it was different because I grew up my early childhood in Lansing, which was white, mm-hmm. and then moved to Calumet City, which was where I was at was you know predominantly black, African American. So I talked like a white dude, but all my friends were black. And then when I met Mexican kids, like they didn't like me because I didn't know <laughs> Spanish, <laughs> and uh, and so it, like kind of being alone or like finding the, like these skate punks. Um, I just remember, you know, skating, skating by a firehouse or riding, you know, riding around by a firehouse. And uh, I can remember. So this dude comes in my life a couple of times, but I was I would like try to follow a fire engine here and there. And there's a single station house actually where I'm well, I'll, I'll, I end up a couple of times, you know, throughout a cycle. But um, I just wanted to see what was going on. And I follow a fire engine. And like one day I'm like going by it again. <clears throat> and I see and he's like, hey. These bays open, the guys are out smoking cigarettes, you know. Hey, come over here, you know. Like, walk up, I'm like, hey, you know. I think he's gonna be like, I wanna see a fire engine, kid. You know, you wanna see a firehouse? He goes, he goes, hey, you're that kid who follows us all the time, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. He's like, why don't you fucking quit doing that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's like, walk away, you know, like, uh, all right. You and didn't get that Coca-Cola moment. No, that you're looking no, for. no. And I, I, so like, check this out. So like I was 18. I can remember this very clear. Cause this is like when my brothers were back from the military and, you know, 
we all end up getting booted from our home with my mom because she was just done with us. And uh, on, like, my 18th birthday, I was a little bit of a deviant, and I got just hammered. And I came home, and, you know, it was middle of summer. I was an August kid. And uh, I woke up to an ambulance across the street. And, like, I, I can remember because I ended up getting to ride one of these box-style ambulances, the old internationals. And um, it's the medics. And I see them. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I hear them come up. My window's open. We'd have air conditioning. And I see them run out. And he, this dude grabs a little baby off a porch. You know, he's poof, 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 bounces in. And I go out, you know, and I can hear this mom screaming across the street. Um, this family left the, their fucking kid out. They were partying overnight. And they left the kid out. On the porch? On the porch. Fuck. Right. You know? And so, you know, it, it stuck with me because, like, man, I didn't hear this kid. You know, I did not. You know, so who knows how long it took, you know, or how long they were, the kid was down. I must have got in pretty pretty late and early, whatever you call it, four or five. But anyway, the point is, like, that hit me hard. Like, man, that was fucking crazy that somebody would show up and help, you know, like, and grab this kid. And I was like, man, you know, like, how do I... I could never do that. Like that stuck in my head. Like, man, that was, that's some hard bark, you know? And, um, you know, kind of time goes on and, uh, nine 11 happens. And I had just failed out of Eastern Illinois university. And I went, went to community college for a couple of years and I, I had, I wanted to be a teacher and I figured out I didn't want to be a teacher. I did some student teaching down in Payne, Illinois. And I had, I had my whole mind ripped out by this, this kid, like the high school, cool kid the quarterback who like just didn't care about what i was talking about and just like wanted to fight me and i thought like <laughs> this is no way to spend a career <laughs> like teachers are awesome like they can deal with this just dealing with right little, you know kids that are just trying to come into their own brains and think they're badass anyway i fail out of school i got blue hair and uh i'm living in uh linwood illinois and i, I live well, in it's this- weird how a bully right out of college took the, left a bad taste in your mouth so what do you do you become a fireman you yeah. go to ranger school you go to infantry like yeah yeah <laughs> I, wanted, I, I, I never wanted... got to go to ranger school I, I i passed the rasp assessment but i i did airborne school okay um yeah so this kid he fucking he tuned he me was up, a man. worst option than you going into the army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he sucked. Like I can. <laughs> I'd rather run into burning building. He's he's got to be in his thirties, man. Like I I'd fight him. <laughs> like if it, you saw this kid walking down the street, I, I'm gonna wait eight years and I might look him up. Like once I'm off the job, you know, and I'm not affiliated with with anybody anymore or anything. I'm just a man walking the earth. Yeah, that that gonna, blue that teacher with blue hair. Yeah. He's yeah. coming back to fuck you up. Kid. Now that I think about it, though, like how could he have took me serious? <laughs> <laughs> what were you trying to teach? History. Oh, I, I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna change minds, man. I was a little communist. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, I realize this. Like, um, firemen and most most people in this world, and me and all, like we 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 tend to think we're lions. Like, we're our opinions matter, and you know, like. I demand satisfaction, you know, we're house cats. We have no idea how dependent on the system we are. We do, we do our zoomies, you know, we just run around every once in a while, but we have no idea that someone's picking up our shit every yeah. day. You yeah. know, like the system, it, you, you, we're dependent on it. Anyway, that, I, I want to fight that kid. 
Uh, no, no. Hey, I, you know, for everybody that I work for, I don't want to fight anybody. Um, so, but yeah, so I, uh, I'm, I'm living in this flop house. We got like a drum kit and bass guitars and guitars everywhere. And it's just a mess. And I had no direction. I had no idea what the hell I'm going to like, do. Like, were you in a band? No, but you I were did. hanging out with I, the band. I was more of a roadie, okay. and I I did get in a fight with enough's enough once. Which you ever heard the of the band? The enough's band, enough? yeah, yeah. And I got no problem saying that on anything. So um, well, that's who, I don't know if you was this, this is an adult fight. Yeah, yeah. Did so you, the, did you win said adult fight it, as a group fight? Yes, yes. I would say <laughs> that we won, like like warrior style, okay. like, right, like right. 1978, right. like getting back to Coney Island. <laughs> so, like, story about that was my, my pal's band. They um, they 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 had run of the roost on like the south suburb, little punk clubs and everything. And uh, enough's enough. Reached out to him, was like, "Hey, you want to open up for us?" And they're like, "Yeah, you know." cool you guys are pretty big in the 80s that's cool you know and so th there's this little place in lansing it's still there he's and i think the hotel is still there but kind of full of griff and vice and bad stuff there and my buddy's band brings in a crowd of punk rock kids and we're having a good time and i would you know i'd carry the equipment in and have a good time you know it was great and enough's enough they were in a room partying doing 80s rock band stuff <clears throat> and they come down and they didn't come down on the floor until like 10 30 11 and my buddy's band opened up at seven and so the crowd's pissed off they're all starting to leave and then you know the 80s crowd starts coming in the older folks and it just got bad well long story short they end up uh finishing the show and they they were going to pay our buddies like 50 bucks and they brought in the majority of the people who had left and so, you know, here they are sitting on a couple hundred bucks and my buddy's like, no, there's no fucking way. You guys brought in like eight people and your music sucks. Like he said something smart ass <laughs> and, you know, this guy, fuck you. You're like getting in a fight and everything. And I'm just kind of standing there, you know, and, and I, I think I've been and I got no problem saying this. I've been a toady most of my life. Like my, my buddies are the ones that start fights and then get me into something that like, oh, fuck, I, I probably shouldn't have been there. <laughs> but uh, I, I get punched in the face first and. <laughs> I don't know if it's, you know, some childhood abuse there, but I, I like get hit and like, you just grab on, you know, like that's my move. <laughs> I'm just going to hold on, you know? And, um, it was cool. I got in a fight with a rock band, you know, like, that's a, how, so. <laughs> like a sign on the level rock band. You know, that, so this is like, uh, I, t I had talked to, uh, remember that guy, uh, we met at, uh, one of the fundraisers that he was a combat Marine. Uh, Vince remembers you shaking his head, but anyways, this guy was like a combat marine, and uh, he just recently like went to Ukraine because he I, speaks Russian. I heard shit. about that. Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, I talk. I go, oh, what were you doing before that? And he was like, oh, I was like skateboarding and playing punk rock, and like, and then like living in communes and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, why'd you join the Marines? He's like, ah, I've always been a loner and this kind of like, and I'm just like realizing not not that I I, I realized this several years ago, but like. In the military and like uh, also in the f now in the fire service now too is there are a lot of punk rock guys yeah and there are a lot of fucking skaters yeah and surfers and whatever you know like that kind of uh, that area and it's it's hilarious to me because like 
my old partner on the ambulance years and years and years ago before uh, I got my career job uh, was in a punk rock band all over the western suburbs and he opened up for bands like uh, Fall Out Boy and Knuckle Puck and stuff like that and then he joined the Marines yeah. after 9-11 and yeah. then he became a paramedic and you know and, and all that so and I just meet more and more and more. Clem was in a punk rock band. Like, more and more and more guys, yeah. you know, that were, like, you know, punk rock, yeah. skaters, blah, 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 blah. And then they become firemen. <laughs> it's it's weird. Like, our generation, like, you're, you know, mentioning, like, your dad was on the job. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I wonder what it was for them. You know, like those that era. I don't know. Like, hey man, you're a you're a greaser. You know, like, <laughs> like for us, it's like, oh man, you used to like Black Flag, man. That's yeah. cool. You know, you know, like my story. Like guys are always like, well, you want to be a fireman all your whole life, you know? Because your dad I was like, nah, my dad didn't become a fireman until I was ten, and then he was like gone every third day, and I kind of resented him a little bit because of it. Yeah, and, right. Um, and then I, you know, because. You know, the, uh, you know, I'd have, like, a, a wrestling tournament or something, and he came to all my little kids' wrestling tournaments. But as I got older and my brothers and sisters were doing stuff, it was like, well, he's at the firehouse. He's not coming to my stuff. And everybody else's parent was there and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't get it, right, because I was a little asshole who, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, played sports and listened to, you know, uh, pop punk was big in uh, yeah. my generation. And, you know, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me when I was in college wearing my skater shoes and dickies and studded belts and yeah, man. and shirts. And I was like, I don't want to be a zoologist. I This is terrible. And I t went and took the fire department test. And so that was it. There, there's a cat out in Seattle. Yeah, he does the nozzle forward, Aaron Fields. Okay. And um, I, I, I had the pleasure of talking with him a little bit. You know, the engine stuff, is, I, it's really my jam, you know. And that's his jam. Like he's really changed a lot of stuff for us. Anyway, I call him. I call him for questions. You know, like, hey man, blah blah blah. You know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Or you know, what do you recommend for this? And sometimes he just starts talking about being a punk. You know, and like <laughs> his ethos. Like, and we both agree. Like, and this happens. And I'm sure. Like, I'm more punk rock now than I was when I had blue hair on nine ten, <laughs> because there's there's something in the fire service about being in the job like being ate up about the job like when you're in a punk or you're in a music you are into a scene right. right and there's a whole scene of music there's commercialized whatever enough's enough kind of pop rock and stuff but then there's something organic that happens in the fire service where you get a good crew right like there is nothing better a good ambulance partner a good engine company a good truck company you know like we run pretty small and our department's a little bit small. So, like, there's something special about that. And, like, when you get to run into somebody then who likes punk rock. Yeah. Like, pal on my job was, like, super into rock. You know, his hardcore music. Like, we're so super into hardcore. And it was like, oh, man, dude, we just become best friends. You know, like, you want to go do IVs, you know? Yeah. And then you could be abused yeah. by the wonderful people that we serve yeah. for 24 hours. Yeah. And ain't nothing going to bother you. No. You know? No. And then punk rock is so cool. Like, I'm just saying, like, like I, I like metal. I like doom. I like a lot of stuff. But punk, like, it, it is, like, uplifting, man. Like, it's very rare that I'm going to listen to some stuff. Unless, like, bad religion. And then I'm figuring out, like, the world isn't going to work <laughs> anymore, you know. But uh, I saw bad religion open up for Pearl Jam at the United Center one time. Did you really? Yeah, that, figure that one out. <laughs> that's, so, like, and, like, that's the other thing. Like, this resurgence of, like, 
good bands like uh, Riot Fest is a big part. Oh of that. yeah, I go every year. Yeah, like how how can you? That's not my that's my there? favorite music festival. Yeah, is Riot Fest. How could it like it's so dig this? So my, my well, that's old, why I lost my mind when you gave me the Misfits sticker. <laughs> you know? I'm like yeah. Well, that's and that's like so that oh, I hit it. That's yeah. a little bit that so comes from, steal it from me. my time being you know like a medic like horror business is the song for being on the ambulance. <laughs> like there's too much horror business driving late at night. You know, like that's all you do. It's, yeah. You know, that you serve people at their worst and it sucks. I'm just going to say it. And like we're talking about embracing the suck. There's nothing fun about being up seven times, eight times after midnight, you know, but what makes it awesome is you get a good partner yeah. and you're just laughing and just, you know, joking with each other and just you know you're out by yourselves like the whole crew might be sleeping the engine truck guy <laughs> zed out and you're suffering with somebody you know it's fucking awesome you know you're in the middle of the street there's nobody's out there there's like fucking tumbleweed going it's two o'clock in the morning you're like see i feel like you're zenned out at yeah. that point that point at three or four o'clock when you're out there and there isn't a soul out there yeah that's what like, i'm talking I about i don't think like a lot of people don't get to experience that feeling when you feel like you're out there and you're the only person on planet earth yeah you're taking you the know? words right out of my mouth it, it, it's it's a weird feeling right just, and you get to experience that like especially like you said with a good partner yeah oh it's, and there's you're nothing better experiencing yeah. that with a good partner that's kind of like yeah like there's stories like you could talk about right now and like nobody's gonna get it like you could right. go for the punchline of what happened that night and uh and, that's not funny at all. That's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. But like, you're with your partner, dude. Like, like the other day, like just working with this one cat. Like, I laughed so hard. I almost like I was almost an LODD, dude. I almost, <laughs> I almost died, dude. Like, I laughed so hard, and I tried to tell this story on the next day, and these guys are like, "That's so fucking stupid." But they don't get it. You know, they don't. People uh, don't get what happens. You know, in that three a.m. Yeah. magic. You know, I, I had a guy. I I don't even remember his name. If I saw him by, I worked with him on the Amble. I, for one day, it was like that moment. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all day, every time we go for uh, down for the unknown or a heroin overdose, we'd always get two or three people. So the whole day we're doing this and we're screaming twofers. Every t- <laughs> twofers, twofers. <laughs> people are looking at us like, what the fuck? You're like, what's wrong with you guys? But yeah. It's just, yeah, it was awesome. So, oh, And if you listen, we could talk about being heroic and all that stuff and but if you really want to see somebody portray heroism cover a patient in shit oh yeah human shit their own shit or somebody else's shit and we'll see what heroism looks like at two o'clock three o'clock in the morning yeah yeah <laughs> I, I know my trigger on heroism skin oh. skin like okay so dark put, put yourself here dark room Right, it doesn't matter middle of winter, middle of summer. Okay, I'm there. It's, it's I'm dark, there. Okay. and it's a geriatric. Okay, and you know maybe a cop puts a light on, oh, and you yeah. see the skin just floating in the air. <laughs> and, and this is pre-COVID. And it's like, going. why haven't we been wearing masks all the time? I'm, I'm like, I'm not like a forced mask on people kind of thing. But think about it for our job. Like you're inhaling people. Right, they're them, yes. and it's in your nasal cavity, and their and, DNA is ooh. going. <laughs> oh, God, no, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking oh. about because I'll I'll go in the houses during the day, yeah. and they'll have the drapes closed, yep. but that little sliver of light that's coming through, oh. 
you see all that skin floating around yeah. and God knows what else. Yeah. And you've got to walk through it like this is the only laser beam, even though, you know, the entire place is like this. Yeah. So like that's I, my uh, cowardice right there. Like I, I got no problem the, right now. Being the, like, light, light this place one on of the fire. First <laughs> things I learned, one of the first things I learned as an EMT working for a private ambulance company is, and I'm going to give her a shout out. Danielle Cervantes was uh, a rock star EMT. Oh. Uh, she, she's just awesome, awesome. She taught me everything. And one of the first things she taught me was don't shake the sheets. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And uh, she's don't. That's a seasoned vet right there. Don't yeah. shake the sheets. And then I realized what she, the hell she was talking about. Seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't get, you can't buy that kind of experience. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, holy shit, that person's wise. God. You know? Yeah. That's my, that's your Obi-Wan. Oh, man. She was like a mother of three. Like, she just gave me all kinds of advice. Oh, she mothered me for a while, yeah. you know? Make it four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, and, and there's nothing worse, nothing worse than walking in and working with the worst person that you're just like, Oh. <laughs> right, that, that's the opposite end of the spectrum, right? right. You know, the, as great as that twenty-four hours can be, it could be miserable. But you're having a great day. You're going home laughing with a smile on your face. Yeah. But you get that shit, fucking terrible, bad attitude, partner. Oh. It is a the long. It's a month on that ambulance. Yeah, it, um, it's terrible. I, it's like uh, I, I, I hear this. Like you should get. Accommodation ribbon for working with some people, <laughs> like because everyone knows that that person. Yeah, you know, yes. like, I'm thinking of yes. that person right like, now. Like, they 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 cannot be allowed on any site calls. They're gonna make everything worse. Oh yeah, they're gonna make every call. Like you could have a grandmother who's just like, oh, I'll just walk myself to the ambulance, guys. You know, like he's gonna ruin it. You're just <laughs> shut up. You know, and if that person's senior or in charge in any way, yeah. you're even. You're like, you're done. You're done. It's like being held hostage. In, in some sort oh, of terrorist situation. I was brand new on our job, detailed to the ambulance with one of these guys in a neighborhood that I never knew existed within the city of Chicago. And I'm a fourth generation Chicagoan, okay? And every time I went to go unload these people out of the back of the ambulance, they would look at me and go, your partner's a fucking asshole. Yeah. And I'm like, it was, and it, we that happened 18 times that fucking day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all kind of having a moment because we're thinking. We just become best friends. I think we all just did. I think we just did. I, I, it's the worst. You know, like and and like so, like it's so funny. Like this, the the dichotomy of this job is like, I want to catch fires. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to catch traumas. But you have no idea you're going to work with some fucking terrible people. And like, and that's the other thing. It's a weird thing to cross because you. Anybody who goes on this job and, you, and you're serving, I don't, I don't wish anybody to leave before their time. There are people that I just wish would go and figure out that they're not into this job. But <laughs> the, people have no idea that sometimes the worst parts of this job isn't what you're going to deal with on the streets. It's dealing with some of the stuff with the people oh, that work. Because they, they will do, they will put you, and like, and that's how like I met with Luke like uh, working in a program with him because like the moral and ethical situations, people will force you, force you to do things that like, Hey man, you, you got to shut up right now. Like, don't, don't make me do my job. <laughs> and like, right. like I have to tell you to shut the fuck up. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that with anybody. I don't want to yell at anybody. I don't want to cross any boundaries on respect. And there's a way that you have to learn how to do this. And, 
there's no part of the academy and there's no part of paramedic school that runs the gamut of the psychological warfare you got to face when dealing with the psychopath, <laughs> right? Someone who does not care. And we're not talking about the psychopath who's running naked down yeah. the street. We're talking yeah. about the partner. We're talking yeah. about the partner. Yeah. You know, and, and like, you know, like, and again, are they truly, I think maybe percentage, like everyone can sneak in this job in some way. Um, but I think we've worked with them yeah. and they suck and they should just, you know, well, there's there's so many different aspects to that. There's the passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> there's the full on insane. Yeah. Uh, what else is there, Steve? Uh, uh, I won't even start. There's the I, I can, you know what the I bitter, get myself bitter in towards the city they work for. Right. right. Just the right, burnt, right. The they, the burnt. Nothing the crispy, burnt out, like yeah. crusty, burnt out medic that just does not give a fuck. About like the them. city could give all of you a bonus of like ten grand. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> Could have been ten and could, a half. Could, yeah, they, they got deeper pockets than that yeah. shit. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know. I, you know what? And it kind of runs on both sides of the floor because our job inherently has the the real high end, the ladder rescues right. or the saves, right. the 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 rosks. But all that in between, the nonsense right. that you have, and that's on the low part, but you just ha- you ride these waves from like, ridiculously stress-filled, exciting, the shit you see on TV type shit. But between those peaks, you got the guy covered in shit. Right. You got the cr- person who wants to punch you in the face. Right. And everything in between. So yeah. it, it, it is a hard thing. And I know that you and Luke are, you guys are working on a leadership program, right? All right, we're back with Chicago's Bravest Stories. This episode is actually brought to you by the Frontline team. Josh? Oh, sorry, I was expecting more of a lead-in. <laughs> <laughs> so I expect you to say... Josh Hill. I was promised there would be a. I was promised there would be a lead in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Vince, we're we're happy to sponsor this. You know, we have been for for a while, and, and we're going to continue. You know, I love the stories that you guys are telling here, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're like I said, we're thrilled to be a, a sponsor of this. Obviously, that's a big part of our our business is the police and fire world, doing doing the mortgages for them, and and really being uh, in a place where we can be trusted by them. I saw in the in the Heenan pod, uh, you know, he's saying, "Hey, the last thing you want is a bunch of guys uh, talking shit on you at the table at the firehouse," you know. <laughs> and uh, so, obviously, that's something that we take very seriously—the the, the trust that's placed in us, you know. And we would never violate that obviously, for those reasons. It's just the right thing to do, but also you can't have a table full of guys talking about you, man. That'll end us. <laughs> so, where can they get a hold of you? Yeah, well, obviously, they can just look us up on social media at the Frontline Team. Um, or obviously see one of us. We're always out at events, but uh, at the Frontline Team on Facebook, on Insta. Uh, also, they can call us at our, our central team number is 630-534-2900. Uh, they can give us, give us a buzz there. Whether they're going to be out buying, we can, uh, you know, give them a hand. And like I said, it's just kind of a transparency has been always our, our appeal there. Yeah, I, I, I recently have backed off a lot of teaching stuff. Um, just, uh, I, I got two little ones and I do a lot of stuff, uh, training, uh, for my department now, but Luke and uh, a, a number of just outstanding, um, firemen from the state, um, 
work in this leadership development program. Congratulations to Luke on his promotion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 BC. I right? told him he's yeah. officially yeah. a fucking nerd. Yeah. It, <laughs> officially, do you, are you you are you ready to, you know, misuse your power and break labor <laughs> labor rights, Mr. House? No, he would never. He's an example. But I, They're still in the bargaining unit. Sort of. Right. Uh, he told me he well, claimed if there's anybody that could dispute this information. They are, no, you know, and, but like that's where like you get some locals that have uh, unions for the officers. Yeah. Unions for the Juliet. Yeah. Right. And like it makes sense because if someone's going to get, you know, I love this term. I'm going to hang paper on you because it sounds so funny. <laughs> you know, if someone gets paper hung on you. You know, you're not necessarily the line guy. You're a supervisor. It's different. Yeah. You know, and that person can just as equally violate the contract as as quickly as any part of the administration. Sure. You're you're the middle management stooge. You know, um, we yeah. just called Lucas stooge. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, Every, and I will I will go on the record because I am my rank right now as an engineer. I I equate myself, and, and I, when I explain this to anybody outside of the uh, Midwest, I'm a chair. In the middle of winter in the city of Chicago, I, I, <laughs> I, if I step into a step up officer role, I am not an officer, so I'm not going to write you up. I'm going to try to talk to you and be your pal because I'm still on the line. I'm just your barn boss, but I'm a chair. I'm waiting for the officer to get here, and if he has a problem with it, he'll write you up. You know, but um, it's it's being an officer is a different thing, and it you have to unfortunately commit to some things, and fortunately commit to some some things on a leadership role that firefighters were never going to get. The, the rank and file is never going to understand why certain things happen. And a good one, like I think why that program is good and why Luke is good is that they won't say because these are the rules. You know, a good boss isn't going to say, well, that's just what it says and that's just what we do. They're going to talk to you and explain and show you why specific action is. And like the, the cats we're talking about, you know, the, the bad partners you get on a crew, they unfortunately never had a good boss to lay that down because that has to be established. I think that you're, you're here for a reason. This job does pay you and it, it, you could pick up 10 people covered in shit. Unfortunately kind of signed up for that, bro. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm going to be, you know, as long as we're still a country after 2030, <laughs> I'm going to have a pretty good pension and I'm going to have a pretty good life, you know? And I owe, as to take the words from a, a pal of mine who retired, I owe, I owe my job everything. I am able to afford a life for my wife and the home I have. Uh, it gave me my uh, drinking problem and my bad back. So, <laughs> you know, I, it, it's given You have me a lot a, to be grateful for. I have a lot to be grateful for. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, where were you in your career? Were you a volunteer or you already moved on to a career by the time you got your first fire? Oh, I was a volunteer. That was awesome. Yeah. So I want to hear it. So... <laughs> I can imagine that you're probably short-staffed. Yep. Okay. You have very little experience because this is your first. Yeah. You have it, you know, you're not salty, you're not experienced, mm -hmm. and you push out. Did it come in as a still? It came in as a fire, yeah. Now, okay. were you in the station, or did you have to, like, come to the station? So, so dig this. I was on the job as a volunteer. Because you seem excited to tell us this yeah. story. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was on the job for, like, seven months, dude. Seven. 
And and had I, you gone to a formal academy? Nothing. By then? Nothing. I was challenging. I fire, love it. Fire, firefighter two at the time, and I was in mod A. I, had, I hadn't <laughs> uh, even touched yeah, an bro. SCBA. And the neighboring <laughs> stop. Yeah. You didn't even seven months. Yeah. You never touched uh-uh. SCBA. No. Oh. And I'm loving this story yeah, so far. <laughs> yeah. It's so we were so my little volunteer company was covering a full time city for their Labor Day Labor Day parade maybe or whatever parade they they love. Don't name parades. that full time city because yeah. that sounds terrible. Yeah. So <laughs> so we're covering them. And uh, so we're normally volunteering. This full-time city beat us into most of our fires just because they're staffed. And so they a, had, a volunteer department moving into a full-time to cover their – that's like moving up to – like moving into the big leagues, Oh, right? yeah. We brought you guys. four guys. And, like, dude, these all these dudes are, like, you know, they were, like, in their 50s, you know. And, like, one dude was a young, hard charger who was trying to test, you know. Like, and I'm, like, kind of, like, looking at him, like, looking up to him. He's, like, 22. You know, like to, to me, like in my mind, he looks like Kurt Russell, like, from, like his sleeves are rolled up, dude. He's jacked, yeah. you know, um, but it's so we're in the station and uh, we had just got food and it drops in as a fire in our town. Right. It's so our engine where we were at the firehouse on our border and they were called in for auto weight. We were called in for auto weight. So our fully staffed engine with just four guys in, with, in the neighboring town in, in our neighboring in so our city so, yeah so you're, you're calling for mutual aid back to your own <laughs> yeah that's and, even better and it's a trailer fire and like i don't know the difference you know and so we're driving up and i hear the fire chief go on a scene he's like yeah this thing's what was your assignment on that day pipeman oh, so i'm writing of course, a, of course you were <laughs> 19, 1976 mac Hell yeah. Open cab in the back, little uh, uh, little bull. Was there uh, a bulldog uh, out the front? Yes, Hell yes. yes. <laughs> Double clutch, uh, amusement park, yellow real ride thing that goes up, and uh, your safety bar. Yeah, the safety <laughs> bar, and 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 I hear the chief. You know, like I'm like trying to like get to the window because you couldn't even have your headphones. <laughs> and I'm trying to get to the window. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing the chief. Like I'm saying, is fully involved. I'm like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> Because that morning, they were like, this is a regulator, and this is a bottle, and they, <laughs> these clip in here like seat belts, you know? And so I'm like, fuck, all right, cool. You know, I don't even know how to put it on. Right. It's and hard, because your heart is a rock right now. Oh, God. Like, I... <laughs> I, I can't stand up right now. So this is my first I can't time. get my pants on. What I, is yeah, going on here? Yeah. And uh, I jump off the rig, and I don't have any fucking clue about, like, you're supposed to bring a tool, right? Two tools. Yeah, there you go. You're two hands, two tools, right? Right. And I have no fucking clue, and I, and I walk off. And this, this deputy fire chief or whatever he was, volunteer dude, he was hardcore dude. Like, they would wear uh, jumpsuits because they would – they just put it on over their t-shirt, you know, their underwear. Like, they look badass. <laughs> He's like three-quarter boots. And fucking boom, he boots this door open. And it was like backdraft in my head. Like, <laughs> it's like making noises and flowing out, you know. And this dude, the kid, you know, he's like a year older than me. He pulls a hose line. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is happening. This is, this is really happening, you know. And he's like, put your mask on. He's like yelling at me. You know, I'm like, okay. And I'm baby crawling in there. I, I don't even know how to move with a hose. You know, I'm like just like touching it. You know? <laughs> and it's a straight shot. It's rolling. And he's just badass kid. He was eight up, you know, probably a cadet or something like that. And he's just flowing and he gets it out, you know. And this is a trailer fire. It's a loss. But like we come out, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like ready to high five on the lawn. I'm like, you fuck yeah, you know. And he's like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, what? What's wrong? What did I do wrong? You didn't bring any fucking tools. I'm like, oh, I was supposed to do that? He's like, yeah, you fucking idiot. You know? 
and it always stuck with me, you know, like, uh, again, you know, like some, some of the very basics, you, you, you cued in it right away, two tools, right? You've got to, you've got to bring it up to the door. You've got to bring something. And yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's a highlight still. Cause like, again, it, it, it might've just been smoking. It might've just been food on the stove, but no, it was a fire. It was a bedroom fire. Um, but it, it was cool. And, uh, I, I can still like, and, and again, like the, that's on the volunteer site. Like we, we, you'll mention, um, you know, some of the shit that they get for what they might do and they needed people. They needed to put people on there and that's what they're going to get. They're going to get a kid. that's 21 who just shaved his head cause it was blue and has no idea what he's doing, you know, but somebody wants to do that. Like I do recommend there should be a book, you know, handed out to everybody, maybe written by Hifty that says like, stop taking selfies doing this, you should, you know, cut, <laughs> cut your beard, you know, like don't post this, be smart, you know, like that should be established maybe with NFPA Firefighter 1. But <laughs> You look at that fire and then you go to your recent one, which apparently was a rager, right? Yeah. Seven oh, yeah. stories of nothing but fire blown out. Yeah, and those wind guys. driven. It's it was such a dramatic fire that my understanding is that they're using that fire as an education tool about wind driven fires. Yeah, yeah. I, so so tell us about that one because the, uh, Luke was telling me about that one. I was like, I got to talk to him about that one because that one sounds super interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, still I, an engine guy at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll just tell you this: I got promoted, so I got to spend uh, the. Nine this was years. Memorial Day? Yeah, I could spend nine years as a pipeman, and then I got promoted to uh, middle management stooge engineer, which I'm like the team mom. I, I really am going to start packing Cheerios for the crew, <laughs> you know. But, so, but, but anyway, I was off, and I normally drive our truck now. I'm the junior uh, engineer on, on my shift, so I, I'm a truckman, and I'm starting to get into it, you know, but I, uh, I, I, do, I do an engine. Don't per- get crazy. Yeah. All right. You know, it's, it, it's firemanship. I. Yeah, I still yeah. like the water, right? Do I, do I have my first, my first engine guy on the show? No, no. Well, this is an engine guy. Uh, maybe the first engine guy with you actually being here. We've had a couple where we're because me and Corey are like, oh man, we got an engine, a real engine guy. Nah. And you're not. Nah, here. I would have remembered this. <laughs> I would have remembered this. Yeah, I I, I knew I liked you. I hope I I'm a real like engine you. guy. I smelled you the second you walked in. I said, that's an engine guy right <laughs> so there. So legit, I did almost come in here wearing my wife's underarm deodorant, which was like Pacifica coconut. I do it all the time. All, all, aluminum, because I can't buy it. It's why I was coming from work, because I went to work. I was like, shit, I'm not going to go buy any. I'm going to go to work and put my <laughs> uh, But so, so this fire, um, I, I was off. And um, normally I drive a truck, so... Primarily, the tasks are going to be different for what we do, and we're starting to change stuff on the engine side. Um, but long story short, with these these cats, what they what they rolled up on was a um, coming as a involved fire uh, off a balcony on a seven story building. Uh, the building's super interesting if you ever take a look at it. It's actually five buildings, um, three in a row, connected by a common hallway, and then two off in wings in wing types, but they're all connected to common hallways. And so when they show up to the 200 building, uh, they've got velocity smoke shooting from the lobby, right? Below the grade of the fire. It's on the second floor. And the, the, my understanding of it, it's a, a, a balcony fire started by a, a girl and that communicated all the way to seven. 
with the wind on that side. So it's a nice Memorial Day. The wind's coming in. People have their units open. And the crews that show up, like gangbusters, man, like just talking with them about it. Um, we do a lot of host stuff. Like I'm, I'm the department training officer, uh, training nerd. And the, we were actually just finishing up engine company operations for our quarter. And they have been stretching and stretching and flowing and flowing and flowing. And so uh, one of the things that I'm, I, I take from this fire is that you could provide all the training you want, but if the men and women aren't into it, you, you don't have a product. And, and I'm lucky because these guys are hungry. And they, they hooked up um, within like two, three minutes, you know, off that first floor. They go up, and they're met at the door, velocity smoke, man. They, so we run an inch and three sixteenths. So it's 300 GPM off of two and a half that they're flowing, and they're moving down this hallway. So we're heavy on flowing and moving. They push into this fire unit, and they manage to get the fire unit out. They go off the balcony. So this, the way the second floor is, is uh, it, it has a parking garage that extends from it. So people that can't see this, just imagine a balcony, and then there's a flat roof after it. And so they go off the balcony, and they start attacking exterior. Right. And so, you know, here's that thing, interior, exterior, fire, fight, fire from the exterior. That's venting exterior. And they fight it from the interior, fight it out, put it out all the way to seven. These guys are badass. They're just hammering it. Right. And they end up getting another crew. Now, mind you, in the, in the middle of this, you've got really realistically five buildings um, that are being evacuated with a common hallway between all floors. Right. And between six floors and there's smoke. And there's people coming down the stairs, and it's getting fucking nuts. And they're doing multiple rescues. They upgrade the alarms. Uh, uh, chief that comes in, so both of our chiefs, uh, w- which they're both ate up. They love the job. Unfortunately, we're out of town, and we were lucky that. And I don't want to say lucky; it's all probability. But our district, um, I think, I think we're fairly busy, and we have good men and women on the job. And we got one of the best that showed up uh, from Dalton, uh, Chief McCain. And uh, he he just started organizing guys and getting you know upgrading the alarms and upgrading the alarms. But a long story short, um, I think it was somewhere around two or three maydays, uh, twelve maybe more rescues, uh, one fatality unfortunately. Uh, but where I got to come into that was so I I my favorite time, all my days off is bedtime. Like I fucking love it. My with my kids, it is the funnest thing in the world. My kids are so funny, and I think where my wife's pedigree with being a, uh, a psych, you know, like I've learned really well to em- embrace like that time in their lives because they're so and it's short. Yeah, it's yeah, so short, short yeah. right? And so it comes in, and it's like seven o'clock, and I, yeah, I'm not fucking around, you know. Like they call in for you know extra alarm, and I see it's the building, and I'm like, oh fuck, this is a good fire, but I'm gonna hang out with my kiddo. Until she wants to go to bed. And so she finally is like, hey, Dad, you know, want to cuddle? I want to kiss. I want you out of my room. Okay. So I get out. I look at my, I'm like, go to my wife. I'm like, Ray, this is an extra alarm. Um, I got to go in. This is one of the ones that guys get hurt on. And she's like, cool. My wife's fucking cool. It's interesting about my wife. I, I had tested for FDNY uh, in 06, and I turned him down. And I always like, oh, shit, I wish I went out there. But my wife's from New York, so I always felt like New York came to me. Uh, and she's cool. And she's like, go. So I run out there, and it just, it's like that weird feeling, you know. And I actually get a call from a couple buddies, and they're like, hey, man, you know, just, you know, scary squad fours, you know, wait and just call us in, dude, and let, let them know. <laughs> you know, like, I got Ron and other people <laughs> like, hey, man, specialists in, you know. So I'm like, I can 
fucking kind of power. This is where Bracken comes in, you know. <laughs> right. So I go back to the station, and nobody's there. And, well, okay, wait. Three guys that, that had got there, they're jumping on the squad that we have. And they're like, we're going. You know, they wanted this out there, but we're setting a full crew. We know they need guys. I'm like, fuck. You got the station. I'm like, okay. They bolt out. And I'm at the station, so I start getting on the phone. I'm calling all the probationary guys. I'm like, hey, man, you want to make some dough? It's a big fire. You got to come in. We need as many people here as possible. And we got the station fully manned. And, like, this is where my stoogery comes in and, like, where I tread the line of following rules and being a complete freelancer, which if it wasn't for freelancing, I wouldn't do any lancing at all. <laughs> um, but uh, so I'm at the station, and the fellas are in there, and Danny's one of them. And, you know, they got it handled. And um, but the right thing is to stay at the station, organize crews, get our guys there so they can help out the the auto aid companies. And uh, they're coming in, and my boy, my, my th this dude is my buddy Mikey. Um, he's my little brother. Um, he's he does the engine program with me, and he's the most ate up in training like he stretches hose more than i do he's always out in the bay doing something and anyway he's coming in i'm like fuck yeah you know i got mikey i'm gonna have an engine crew i got this other cat coming in we got a bunch of young guys they're gonna stay on the ambulance and <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, it's cool so i ended up sending two guys over they need a bottle so i send two guys out in a pickup truck I'm like fuck yeah thank you I'm like go i'm like fuck and i'm like all right man i just gotta stick at the station so and i can hear the alarms and i hear a mayday and one of them, actually, one of the maydays I hear, dig this, still, this is like an hour into the fire. There are crews, they're on their fourth bottle, maybe the third bottle at this point. They, this crew from Cal City, they're stretching to the fourth floor, and they run into a cat who is on bells because he was stretching to the third. And the, everything was so charged going up that guys were going on bells by the time they made it to their, their fire floor. Um, and so they're doing mask to mask on the way down because the cat called, he was like, you know, he's, he's, he's He's gonna so go it was so bad that he got on bells getting to yeah. yeah man right and so they're doing mass to mass with this like fucking hero shit like that, <laughs> that that is you know like that's that's fucking it for me you know like you're gonna do mass to mass with a brother and carry him like and i'm sure you know like this dude's like ah, you know like i could have made it out no man like they were there it was some brotherhood shit you know anyway i'm hearing this i'm like fuck there's just a mayday and i'm like chomping at the bit and like at some point Danny's like, hey, dude, uh, you know, aren't you going to go out there? I'm like, eh, you know, it would be a good company, guys. You know, let's make sure the station's getting run. You know, it's like, dude, have you ever been to a fifth alarm fire? I'm like, no. I was like, are you going to go? I'm like, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so my the, the crew comes in, um, solid little engine company, and we scoot out there in an expedition. And uh, I don't know if you ever seen Ghostbusters. Yes. The original. 85? Yes. yes. You know when the Ghostbusters show up to fight Gozer and the National Guard is there and the fire department, police department's there? Like, we're walking up and it, the fire from the seventh floor, like, we're hearing it. It looks like Gozer's up there. <laughs> like, we hear Chicago's coming in. I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Like, there's just like an hour and a half in. We're like, this is still going on. And, uh, like, we're walking up. And this is, this is probably one of my favorite parts is we're walking up and I see this retired deputy chief he ended as one of my captains and i'm gonna give him a shout out uh chief smiths uh dan smiths um this dude's awesome he was super ate up back in the day he's a big inspiration anyway he's like sammy this is a big one and i had been at the <laughs> park on a single uh 
a single uh, f- uh, floor fire before with him. Like the, that was the Great Park fire back in the day. And we don't do high rise bias, you know. It's all theory. And uh, it, 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 the last time we were there was in 06. He was like, Sam, this is going to be a good one. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gozers up there, you know. And uh, so anyway, we walk up. I run into a cab. I was like, hey, got three. Got an engine company. What do you need? He's like, hey, we're moving lines from 200. We're going to break them down. We're going to go to 300. And we're going to tax seven. And I'm like, well, hey, man, we're fresh down here. I got an engine. How about we manufacture a line? And like, this is like where training comes in, right? My pal, Mikey. The, the other cat, uh, Brian, this guy's a fucking hunk. Um, and I mean to say that, like, just imagine the most beautiful man you've ever seen. Like, if, if, if me and Mikey are trolls, like, this dude's inspiring people walking up, you know? Uh, so we're like, we're going to manufacture a line cap. How about that? He's like, good, do it, go. And it, what's cool about that is they know we train. And so he feels confidence with us. So they pair us up with another guy um, and we go up. But we're, we're shoulder loading hose and, uh, I'm like in full on mode. I'm like, hey, man, 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 we're doing this, doing this, cool. You got this, cool. Were you taking lines off your engine? Yeah. Okay. So the first two engine are already had. So we carry Crossley 200, 600. So it had eight, a thousand foot stripped on it. They had manufactured all the hose lines off, two and a half off of the first two engine and manufactured Ys off it and stuff so to connect to other standpipes. So we were on the second two's engine. We're pulling hose from them. And this deputy chief, like if I could have gave him a, five gallon bucket to put on his head he would have went in like legit <laughs> and he's like Sammy I got your shoulder and he's he's loading me up you know and he's loading the other guys I'm like this is so fucking cool like <laughs> like terrifying but cool you know yeah. like good feeling you're gonna get um, this is not like picking up somebody covered in shit and <laughs> we gotta hoof it to this other building and you gotta mind you at this point Every company had been on at least three bottles, I think, at this point, or at least, you know, other companies, initial companies, four. And so they're smoked. It's like Gettysburg, you know, like it's bad. And we're not getting any more help, you know. Uh, We go up to 300, and we start opening up the stairs, and uh, we connect in. And everything, you know, I say this a lot when I teach. Unfortunately, we get more afraid at training to make a mistake than to make a mistake on the fire ground because who's going to fucking notice because everyone's trying to not make a mistake right. and not let anyone see it, you know. But this was one of those times where, like, it just started to come together and uh, the engine company they had and then the, the supplemental companies that were acting as truck companies, they were gangbusters in getting this line. And when we set up on 6 to fight 7, um, we opened the store and it's still pushing. You've got about three units uh, still going and Chicago is setting up their deluge, you know, fuck that we're gonna beat these dudes you know <laughs> like and you know like it, it's our fire like let's put it out you know yeah and so you guys have you guys still have pride oh yeah the, <laughs> yeah you look it down you see those guys get set up you're can like you we tell? gotta fucking can you tell <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and and it's chicago like how's how are you gonna let chicago put out our fire you're like of course it's chicago's gonna come and like fucking don't let it happen Sam. yeah <laughs> you can't, we can't let that happen you know what i mean like i'll never have anything to you know fuck you guys put on our fire you know but um no they, they were a lot of help but with that we when we set up um like the language of like what we practice it just happened there was no questions um the crew staying on the line and making a push so we 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 practice a lot and um like alan iverson says like we don't you know like practice you know like it, it's not that we're good at practice we want to be good at when you have to make a critical decision 
and the things that were happening, what I was seeing the guys who were doing the work, because I'm just managing the line and seeing the guys start to set up and they're flowing and moving in the two and a half and they push for about 20 feet, maybe 30 feet. They get 50 foot of line in there, but they're flowing and moving two and a half on fire on, on, a, on a straight hallway, and on a long hallway, which is what we practice for. Like realistically, like the UL and all the studies, like you're really flowing and moving for like five or 10 feet, you know, get, get it out, right? Like these dudes are, they're going after it. Like the, the, the steel uh, trusses had started snapping on the seventh on the roof line. Like the pictures of it are gnarly. Like wind driven. That's how hot, su- it, that's super how hot, hot. it got, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, 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 it is, you know, like, and I, I have... And I will say, I, you know, I, I take every fire to heart and I had my fuck ups and things I wish could go better, but I cannot express how good the men did. Like every single person that showed up there, their effort. And I'm not just saying that like this blanket, like, yeah. oh, hey, man, nice job. You know, like there's always something, you know, like and I'm really critical on myself, but my little brother's on the on the tip <laughs> flowing 300 gallons a minute. And he's just getting after it. Yeah. You know, like that was the coolest thing. You know, like I, I, I'd like to get that fire again, but I don't wish that. It's a fucking disaster. Like right, 200 right. people, you know, someone's loved one got killed. Um, on well, that we, floor, don't want, we don't want anybody's know. house to start on fire. Yeah. But when it does. When it does, I want to be the one that puts be it the, out. Yeah, I want to be the one there. Yeah, man. Like, and, like I don't want to pick you up if you're covering shit, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I hear that story of the ER later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's that's it in a, in a nutshell, you know. And I um, I got to listen to, I, I actually get to talk to um, Jimmy Davis on the city. That that dude's amazing. Like we've been trying to get Jimmy on. You got to. Yeah. What a what an we're outstanding. Work, we're working dude. on Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. I love that guy too. Yeah. Like his his demeanor. Schiller Park guy too. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. 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 So like. The standpipe thing, like if you think about it, like for what you guys have, you're going to have the higher likelihood of having anything above three. We're not. We're not, you know. And that's why I I roundabout say the effort there is nothing short. Like we have a lot to learn and a lot to like, you know, let's fix this as a fucking group, you know. Um, and and the information's out there with guys like Jimmy and Ray McCormack and all them other cats, you know, like – it's it, the the setup of getting your lines in place. They call it reflex time, right? Um, we have a lot to learn from you guys. And that's what I wish like the smaller departments would also see just because we're closed off. You don't have to have that thing that, you know, hey man, Chicago can't put on a fire. Like I wish, I wish it could have went those extra alarms were task forces where we had more crews because realistically, you know, guys, guys went hamburger in there, you know, guys were just beat to a pulp. Yeah. So yeah, it was awesome though. Well, it seems like at the end of the fire, you guys just running on pure pride. Like you've already gone through four bottles. Yeah, yeah, that, that was my fault too. <laughs> like, like I, you know, it's at some point I was like listening to the audio of it. You know, like it, things happen with command. Like and like that's why like classes are so important about like leadership and shit. Um, you, I may have pride. Like I don't want to get off this fucking floor, and you may check in and be like, "Hey, dude, do you want to go?" No. Well, that's not the question you should ask. Right. Because are you ever going to get, right. I, I, I want to get out of this. Right. 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 And, and then command is even saying, like, hey, you guys good on seven? You're never going to get. No. Yeah. Yeah. Never, right. You're never going to hear it. Right. You know, by the time, you know, I, I walked downstairs, I, stupid. I should have, I should have, I should have 
even even in the lack of uh, you know the order of things you know kind of falling apart I should have looked after my crew and myself better and I stayed up there way too long but would I change anything probably not well how you know you guys are teaching leadership where's that line right where you want to be a hard worker right. you want to work to your max but you get that gray area where safety starts coming in into it and now it becomes a concern you know what do you teach in in your leadership classes on where to find that line it's black and white it really is it's the book right and and it just says you know what you, comes first. Like your 60 minutes your yeah your rehab time like yeah you, it's simple shit it's simple shit that you should listen to and Again, like if it wasn't for freelancing, I wouldn't do any lancing at all. That's that's that line of stoogery that I don't like to follow, and it, it's it's gonna you know it, it, I'm gonna learn from that for sure because in the end, what mattered more were the people working for me. You know, um, they're gonna do everything they can to do better than the person that's up there leading them. You know, and that sucks. It sucks when you have somebody that's you know, and that's I think it's like an ego thing, uh, Chief Hoff. You know, um, his rule of three about, you know, firemen, fire engine, firehouse, your priorities when you come into work in the day. And if it's not firemen, like that should be the big priority. And like if there's anything I take from that fire, yeah, getting it out. Yeah. Setting up in place and doing everything, you know, that you need to do, blah, blah, blah. It's super important. And <laughs> give a fucking guys a break. Like, you know, after a few bottles, like go figure it out or, you know, be the one to set up something, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I think just like you said ego is rehab's not a place for ego mm-hmm. right right whoever said hey take me off this line right i need a blow i gotta i gotta go sit in the chair put my hands in the ice right and go take my bunker pants down and i need a break you guys just keep working up there i'll so be i'll be there in 20 minutes dugan says it on the fire engineering podcast about you know, um, uh, we don't, we don't. yeah, but they, they, they say something about the shit. It's the only reason I brought him up. Fuck yeah. that podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, if you want me on, I'll be, I'm, I'm ready. Anytime you need. No, um, no, he ain't. Uh, the, the, he said in New York, he never did more than two bottles. And, um, I can remember a fire. The fellas are at on uh, Gulf street, uh, basement fire. And he'd, they did four on a full still they didn't have anybody else come in right and that's how things were run for a long time you know i can remember a fire i had god this is so fucking vivid in my head uh he's this dude's daughter was one of the reasons i joined a fire service but this salty old engineer like just piercing blue eyes always has a cigarette in his mouth like shut the fuck up you know talks like that (laughs) um he he we we had did three bottles at a fire uh, and there's actually good video of it somewhere, but we did three bottles and we're just beat the shit, you know, we're sitting along and we're like, got bottles out in front of us, like ready to go. And there's really heads up captain, that guy who knows there's a point where black and white does matter. And the rules, Hey man, give these guys a break, drop their pants and, um, get them water. They're not going back in until they're completely rehab. This isn't, you know, this isn't the point where we're, we're screwing around anymore. And we had another company do an overhaul. Fire's out. Like, there's nothing active going on. And this salty engineer from old school is like, you know, so-and-so is spinning in his grave. You, you know, you guys suck. I never thought I'd live to you know, see the day that, you know, you guys are taking a blow on the lawn when we've got other firemen in the, in the house doing stuff. And, like, it's maybe that's stuck with me in the wrong way. It's like, it's like being raised by 
you get good parents and bad parents and things parents don't understand. But like in the firehouse, you get the gamut. And like that dude, yeah. I really respected him though. He was a good fireman. He was heads up. He took his job serious. He had a lot of pride. And, and I got two things to learn from those, right? The, the, the captain who said, I don't give a shit what you say. I care about the guys more and that I'm not going to kill anybody today over a fire that's out. And then there's also the pride of it, you know, of, yeah, man, at some point, hey, we did three bottles. Hey, man, I'm going to give you a break. And when I can look in your eyes and you're not going to, hey, how are you doing? Tater tots. You know, you're going to give, <laughs> you're going to give me a good answer, you know, like, um, there's something there. I think it's a mix. Would you say that both guys were right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like to, to that degree, it's your line. It's your house. It's your fire. And, and you have to run that smart. The firefighters are your priority. And, and that's, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I've, I've wrecked myself over the years and I don't, I don't think it's because I'm a good fireman. I think it's because I'm a stupid fireman. You know, I've hurt my back. I've got L5-S1 fusion. I've done all the wrong things. Oh, man, you don't got to pick up this lady. I got her. You know, I, oh, that's, I'm taking care of my partner. Oh, we're not going to call for a lift assist. We're going to, that's the engine crew. They've done their time on the box. You know, that's how I got hurt. I got hurt because we're carrying a 300-pound heart attack uh, out of a basement, and we didn't have a stair chair. Well, we did, but that wasn't our practice. And, um, the guy started getting wonky. My partner gets loose with him. We're carrying those old Furnos, you know, familiar yeah. with articulating yeah. Yeah, ones. Yeah. And he starts going forward, and I wrench him back, and I split my back and my uh, m- m- my disc in my back. It blows out like a jelly donut, like if you squeezed it. Oh, I had oh. the same thing. Did I you really? A, I had a disectomy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fucking terrible. I started the, the, getting the drop worst. foot. Yeah. Oh, you had drop foot? Oh, yeah. It, so I was told by my doctor, which the weirdest experience, this dude was a winker. Like, so like, oh, like he would wink like, at you. Like, yeah. So oh, I thought that was like, like this, like, 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 oh, yeah, like, or like, like he wasn't so, very manly. Oh, so he's a wink. <laughs> look, look, dude, oh. look, look. Hey, Sam. So uh, reasonably, uh, you're not going to come back to the job. Wink. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Are you? Are, I don't know. Because you know, there's scammers, right? right? There's guys that are just like that's a that's a you some of them bit me. Like that's the million dollar wound. Like I'm out. You know, I'm I'm going to get my pension. And uh, but he would wink. And like, hey, so you need some more uh, hydrocodone? Wink. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because I fucking can't walk. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm like, like, I don't get anyway. But, uh, but wait, yeah. did you feel like he wasn't taking you serious? Or no, I, that was just, or you just that's how he talked. That's how he talked. So that's my, talk. it's a good story. So I was getting ready for surgery, and they're like, they put they you put, had a fusion though. Yeah, huh? they they put me in my bloomers, right? Like they put you in like the full the sack Mormon undergarments to keep oh, your yeah. blood pressure up. You know. Uh, like and mass uh, pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mass pants, man. Who knows about that? Uh, so, uh, there, he's wheeling me back and he was talking to my wife. My wife's Jewish, Long Island, Jewish girl from okay. New York, you know, and, uh, accent and everything. Eh, not really. No. I think when she, when she would go out there, it kind of come out like the coffee, yeah. Yeah. you know, but mm, it's kind of there, you know, uh, she's at, she was actually a North side hipster when I met her, but it's another story. But dude, so I'm getting wheeled back to get my surgery and, uh, he's like, yeah, your wife. Nice. Very nice. You know, uh, from Long Island. I'm from Long Island, you know, Jewish. Yeah, nice. You know, like he's winking at me. <laughs> And like, and so now I'm like, he keeps talking about hey, my wife, wife. Hey, and, yeah, winking, nice. and winking at me, and winking at me, you know, like, what the fuck, 
fuck is, you know, like, eh, what's you going on? You still haven't figured him out yet. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm about to. Hey, you want to fuck this guy up like you want to fuck the guy up yeah. uh, when you were student well, teaching. And, and, but this guy's going to make or break my career. <laughs> I don't, I don't He's know. He's about if you, to slice you open. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, I'm was about a, to cut open your back, but hey, your wife. Botch surgery. Hey. It was bad, dude. Really? Oh, God. So I'm about to go he under. He was winking while he was doing the surgery. Look, dude, That's he, right. They put the anesthesiologist is about to go in and he goes, hey, your wife, how do you pull that? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the last thing I remember. Uh, so, hey, they were giving me my, they, they had my surgery and they're doing their thing and they're giving me my cadaver and uh, you put a cadaver bone in your back, you know, and I guess they nicked the cerebral spinal sac, which is hilarious, you know, <laughs> and, and it spills out. And so they had to call in another neuro to tie up that sack. And my S2 nerves were super frayed, which was the drop foot and all that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it was brutal, dude. It sucked. How but long was your rehab? I was, I bear, I made the limit of almost a year. Um, but I, I came back and I, that's why I got super ate up about engine work, truthfully. It's a fucking clown for most of my career. Um, I occupied a uniform. Like I was in shape, uh, joined the military. You know, like I was a cop for a little bit. Like I was everything that I thought I was, but I was not. I was full of shit. And I didn't know how to actually move a hose line. I didn't know how to do a search. I didn't know how to do any of this shit. And when I got laid up and I came back, I was skinny as a real. I looked, I, guys thought I looked like Bin Laden. You know when pictures of Bin Laden came out and he was super skinny and he had like a long beard. Like, you know, like I looked like that. I lost like 50 pounds, dude, you know. And I wasn't going to come back. Anyway, I, I end up coming back and like, I couldn't pick up a fucking blowhard fan. I couldn't pick it up. And when it came to moving hose, I was like, I'm never going to be able to move it two and a half again. So that's why I reached out the fields and the uh, program, the nozzle forward and other classes like Brian brush and all these guys. But I ended up being able to put it together because it's all about your body mechanics. It's like fighting. Yeah. You know, it's wrestling. It's all these things. And, um, that I was able to end up like, holy shit man like once you learn it it's like knowing kung fu it's like being good on the box like you learn the box because how many repetitions you get but how many fires you get i only know like three firemen that are legit getting like jobs all the time and i'm sure you guys know more with with your nah nah well okay you know and so i believe that (laughs) right that there are there are few guys that actually go to jobs all the time right and um Without the repetition, you're not making good decisions. You're not pulling the line right, and you're not doing things. And we're winning ugly. Nobody wants to. I, I don't like sports. I didn't grow up with the dead. Um, <laughs> I can tell you about that. But um, we'll go play catch outside. Anyway. Really, <laughs> dude? I am. Yeah. So there is a Rick Vega that I was can't. on here. Yes. Right. You I, want to play catch with Rick Vega? Look, the I can Vegas I play got, catch. I got a Rick Vega brother that I don't talk to anymore. Right and. Because if he wants to fill that role, he's a fireman. Now I can be like, I'm a legacy fireman. <laughs> you know? Like, I wanted that. Well, uh, Rick lifts weights. I'm, so I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. Rick, you're Rick's not going to probably play catch, but you could you could definitely squat and bench press with him if you I, want. Um, Rick will play catch with you. All right. Yeah. We'll make it happen. All right. Yeah. Maybe Rick will give him an ice-cold Coca-Cola and oh my God. slap a fire. Put his helmet on, on him. If, if that... <laughs> Really? <laughs> I want him to sh- I'm going to I'm going to have him show up whenever I make rank to the next stoogery. He's I want him there. I'm like that. Rick. Oh, I love you. <laughs> love you, man. I, he might even pin me cuz it's going to say Vega on it. Like I'm, all right. I don't know where I was going. With that. <laughs>
I think this is a good time. For a break? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations. Chicago's Bravest Stories is also brought to you by Illuminated Brew Works, located at 6186 North, Northwest Highway, next to the car wash. This place, obviously, one of our favorite joints. Uh, you, you guys can make sure to uh, find them on their website, ibw-chicago.com, Illuminated Brew Works, ibw Dash Chicago.com. Um, this place, obviously, this was one of no, this was our first live show, right? Yes, Vince? yes. Yeah. So awesome, awesome place. And guess guys, what's guess what's back? Uh oh, what's back? Astronaut oh. Juice. Oh, she's back. Astronaut Juice and me and Steve, we love that trust. Trust. Trust is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean the place is just cool as hell. Um, we love just hanging out there. We love popping in. Uh, they got they got fun stuff going on there almost every night. I mean, were they? When's their trivia night? Tuesday is trivia night at Illuminated Brewworks. Yeah. Also, if you want to try some of these beers, they're, they're breweries right there, literally 20 feet from where you're drinking. And if you want to try something, they'll give you a flight. Uh, try a flight of beer and really get a feel for all the beer that they have in that place. And go find your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, there's not... I, I can't think of any beer off the top of my head that I've gone in there that I've hated. I mean, everything's awesome. Yeah, so. we've crawled out of that place, man. <laughs> we've crawled out of that place. It's so good. And, and we will again soon. Yeah. So, Illuminated Brew Works. 